0: Once again, to a game from the radio, the official the Big AppleCon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via social distancing. We have none other than Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Sperano. Hello, everybody. Woo! We have our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino.
1: Hello, all you crazy
0: people out there. And we have from the Life with Jenner G, Jen Elise Felby.
2: Good evening. <laughs>
0: Um on this week's show we're going to have uh Pronto Comics, I'm Linic Definition Manager, Ronald, with his comic pick of the week, another J Bird and Lee segment, and we're going to have an interview with uh conflict creator uh, JD Calderon. I have to say it like that, because he's Spanish, and I would lose my I'll lose what little Spanish credit I have, which is none if i don't say that correctly
3: you are the whitest spanish person in america
0: i'm the non-spanish spanish Spanish person ever yes
3: you really are (laughs) but you know what no one should fall under labels or or have pre-described ways of being so you do use there yeah (laughs) no we (laughs) he's from the south of france south of france
1: he's like mr mr switzerland he's not anything (laughs) <laughs> mark did you ever
3: get your um i, I mean to do it myself Have you ever get your dna analyzed
0: um my sister did and i'm like native american no, that's, like
3: that's pretty pretty much your dna then yeah
0: yeah she gave me like a whole list of stuff i was like oh well, that's cool so i'm like one third this one third that but i didn't i already forgot what to, it was
3: i'm just curious do you happen to remember if you have any french <laughs> it's probably possible. i don't know it's possible
0: it is possible <laughs> Um, so, but before we do all that stuff that we just mentioned, we're going to take it away with the news. <clears throat> the news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of bringing over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Uh, their next convention, depending on how you look at things, will be on May 1st and 2nd of 2021. <laughs> Who knows? But that's what we're going for. And fingers crossed on that. I want to give the shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jabril, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Wungie Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, and the Huracan, which is a convention in a church in Long Island. If you want to get your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, and just for a measly dollar a month, you can get your little shout-out on our show. It would be greatly appreciated.
1: I tell you, I love all our patrons, but I so look forward to that name, Unjikun. Unji yeah. yeah, and that and is, he's a really cool guy. <laughs>
0: you know what? Now you if said he was like
3: like he's African.
0: No, is that correct. No, he's a white guy.
3: <laughs> he's a white guy. Yeah, white I'm guy. just curious. Like, is Unjikun his actual legal name, or is no, it, I'm it sure, a stage I'm name? Sure, I'm sure it's his art name de plume, if you will.
0: I'm sure it's his artist name because whenever I meet him at a convention, that's what's on his table. So I'm guessing. That's he should, he so he my should next, definitely. Yeah.
3: So my next he, question he, is, where did he come up with the name Unjikun? Did he make it up like you made up Yapa Or is it actually derivative from a culture that he's just just in love with? I'm well, curious.
0: When, when the world starts moving back and we get to go to conventions and we see him there, we can ask him. <laughs> I'm
4: just He's saying, trying no, to sound more diverse, you know, trying yeah, to win an Emmy, you know, yeah. fill in the
1: diversity rubric. It's also, a, he yes. could become a, a showrunner and it be called it could be called the Unji Khan. Yeah, that's a good
3: point. <laughs>
1: yeah. So anyway, Mark, He's just have that it.
3: question like in the back pockets, and when you see him again, because I've I've never, yeah. to my knowledge, have met this man.
1: Yeah. So um, that's why you just look, if at you him see it, just, just ask him about yes. the
3: about the name. It's a curious, I, I it's interesting name.
0: I will. Um, so let's start with the sad news because do. the way that you say that, I don't think
3: you will. You're like, yeah, yeah. I no, I, I will. I it's actually I
0: saved you. back there. But remember, this is going to be ten, fifteen year years from years now. From now. <laughs> an uh, undetermined date that we don't know when. Yes. So let, let's start no. with the sad news because there's a lot of sad news this week. Um, Stunt man. And stunt coordinator Chris Carnell died recently from a motorcycle accident. Uh, Chris wow. worked on such shows/slash movies as. <clears throat> wait, wait, wait! His name Chris Cornell. Chris Carnell. C A R N E L. Carnell.
3: What are the odds? But okay. Thank you. Um,
0: he worked on such movies and shows as a stunt guy coordinator on uh, the long, the long home Santa Muerte. Palm Springs, Ford vs. Ferrari, American Bistro, Journey Into the Night, Destruction Los Angeles, The Tank, Patriot's Day, The Last Flight, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America Part 2, Kill House, Boogie Town, No One Lives, Gulliver's Travels, ER, the TV series, um, My Bloody Valentine, where he actually played the killer, um, Mr. Woodcock, Good Time Max, Rescue Dawn, Devil's Rejects, The Island, Triple X, State of the Union, Alpha Blood, Employee of the Month, Man of the State, Best of the Best 3 and 4, American History X, and Soldier Boys, just to name a few. Um, That's not even a few, Mark. That's a lot. (laughs) You you should have seen the list. I I believe you. Yeah. Um, Of note, Chris had doubled for actors James Franco, Noah Wiley, Christian Bale, and Billy Bob Thornton in some of the the aforementioned projects. (laughs) He was 57 um that's kind of young for a stuntman to go and it's, and it's it's something that it was a motorcycle accident that wasn't even like a stunt it was just a real motorcycle accident
1: oh it was just a, a normal daily yeah
0: yeah you're running the middle of motorcycle
1: accidents unfortunate accident yeah go that's... go figure how ironic is that the man is in such such um dangerous just, yeah. and and he, oh man that's horrible and he was I there. have a I have a friend Jack Gill who's a big stuntman in in Hollywood, um, and his specialties is motorcycles. And uh, I'm sure they knew each other, and and I'm sure he's devastated. You know, it's it's crazy how by the, how way, that by is. the yeah. way he went in a in a normal everyday non dangerous accident. Wow. Well,
0: so,
4: motorcycles are pretty dangerous. I mean. Yeah, if you're <laughs> the probability of
1: getting hurt is pretty yeah. high.
0: Well, I, I think, understand. I understand what Charlie's trying to say. Yeah, you know. no, it's like, I, he, I understand that's too. <laughs> like that, I think you, you did. <laughs>
1: you know, I know. I was just saying, <laughs>
3: it, it's kind of like um, the Bond actor Desmond Llewellyn who played Q for years and years in the movies. Yes, he's like ninety something years old. Dies in a car crash. It's like that's like the man should just have like yeah. lived out the rest of his days and died in bed of natural causes it's a shame to yeah. have died that way yeah, it's the same yeah. thing for a stunt man did you did anyone yeah. see um once upon a time in hollywood uh i oh, did not.
1: yes i did who,
3: who do you think was the better stunt man this guy or cliff booth
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just i just loved the way he he threw uh bruce lee into the car that yeah. was uh, that was a, a good highlight but i tell you that was a great movie and uh mm. i think um I know he won the Academy Award for it, but I, I thought uh, uh, Leonardo was very good in that movie. I thought he should have got uh, something also. Mm. You he, know?
0: he gets the uh, the Constellation Prize. What was yeah. that? <laughs> it was I don't know. It was just whatever whatever it was. Gets with women. Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> more sad news that went nowhere, and I re- and I regretted it as soon as I said it.
1: <laughs> yeah, crickets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I wish we still had the sound <laughs> effects
1: just the, so the crickets sound effect
0: right yeah. now. Um, yeah. There's more sad news. Actor Thomas Jefferson Bird also died recently after he was found unresponsive with multiple gunshot wounds in his back. Uh, Thomas wow. appeared in such yeah. as <clears throat> clockers get on the bus, set it off, he got game, bullwurf, bamboozle, never, never get out of your boat, XY, Ray, Brooklyn's Finest, Bronx Paradise, Red Hook Summer, and Freedom's Path, just to name a few. On the small screen, Thomas Beard in such shows as In the Heat of the Night, I'll Fly Away, then and, now, then and Now, Living Single, Mama Flora's Family, Passing Glory, Boycott, Law and Order Criminal Intent, She's Gotta Have It, and The Last OG, just to name a few. Wow. Um, that's an that's a impressive list. And like I said, once again, it was just a lot of stuff. I had to cut that off um, of note. A spokesperson for the Atlanta police said that the homicide detectives were working to determine the circumstances surrounding this incident. Uh, He was uh, young 70.
1: Wow.
3: Again, like, you're 70, you should not be dying by, you know, shots to the back. That's crazy.
0: It it really is.
3: (laughs) That's terrible. I feel very badly.
0: Well, this, yeah. one, this one is going to make you even feel worse. Oh, great. <laughs> last, last bit of sad news. And, uh, and it's weird yeah. that I say it with such jovialness, but last yeah, bit of like, sad news.
3: Before we go, you're like, how's everyone doing? I'm like, I'm kind of down. She's like, so here's some sad news. <laughs> sir. That'll pick
0: you right up. Uh, um, actor Clark Tinsley Middleton also died recently from complications from West Nile virus. Clark has wow. been in such films, TV shows as... American Playhouse, Law and Order, Little Pieces, Kill Bill Volume 2, Johnny Zero, Sin City, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, Live, Free, or Die, uh, The Warrior Class, The Attic, Last Call, Taking Woodstock, Fringe, As Good as Dead, Snow Piercer, Birdman, The Blacklist, Gotham, South of Hell, Love Path, Twin Peaks, American Gods, Agents of Shield, and Gutterby, just to name a few. Yes, West Nile Virus.
1: Wow, well, I'm surprised yeah. they didn't just throw that on the COVID.
3: He died, of, <laughs> he died of COVID via West Nile virus.
1: Yeah. Um, he <laughs> was uh, 63. Wow, that, wow These don't are tell just, me that stuff.
3: This is just like the worst ways to die
0: segment. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, when the, the, I had to save that West Nile virus for last, I'm like, West Nile virus? It's like, that's yeah. still a thing? Oh my God. No, he,
1: had to, he had to have some underlying complications. Right? <laughs> some underlying complications? Oh, it. Yeah. yeah, no, West West
3: no, because. Actually, yeah, it's again underlying complications because West Nile virus, yeah. if you're healthy, really does not do that to yeah. you. It doesn't kill you. Yeah. Um, really? The, the real He's... crazy.
0: Go ahead, Jen. What did you say?
4: Well, at least it went out in the original way.
0: That's okay. Oh, yeah. No. All right. No. Moving, no. moving on, moving uh, on.
2: We're commenting on people's deaths. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs>
0: from, from, <Yeah>. from,
3: <laughs> from I had a thought. I lost it
0: after that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Woo! That was Woo! I got, got to pay myself down for that one. All right. Well, oh, here's my
3: thought about that. I've, I've heard. I haven't confirmed it. But they say that if you were to eliminate all the mosquitoes in the world, it would have no effect whatsoever on anything. It would not affect affect, um, food production, nothing. They're completely, totally useless other than being annoying.
1: They're they're very – And and spreading disease. Yeah, yeah. thank you. That's what I was going to say. There's their use. They spread disease. That's why I don't kill spiders. I I take them outside. I go, make a web, get all those bastards now. No, my lady gets
3: annoyed that I won't kill spiders. I'm like, no, they kill the bugs in the
1: house. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Well, that's one thing
4: we can all agree on. We don't kill spiders, and that's why I call useless people mosquitoes
1: because they're useless. Yeah.
0: Okay, that go. got musical. Yeah, I think um, uh, I think your connection isn't that great this week, Jen. Uh, no. um, uh, so, but if
3: there's one thing that people can unify around, it's we all hate mosquitoes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So moving on from the 11 years and a pandemic. Wait a
1: minute. Yeah. Hold it. What? Hold it. What? Are, are we just going to bypass Eddie Van Halen?
0: Do you, from the desk of Charlie Saladino,
1: you want to mention something? Oh, my God. This
3: means that Mark does not know this happened.
1: Eddie Van Halen, one of the most unbelievable musicians of our time, has passed away uh, from throat cancer. Mm. Eddie was in a little band called Van Halen. I'm sure somebody heard that, right, Mark?
0: Yes, I've heard of Van Halen, yes. Have you actually ever
3: listened to Van Halen, Mark? Oh, is it Jump?
0: Wasn't that theirs? Yes. That
1: oh, was the oh I'm hey, very uh, impressed. Jump, okay. yes. Yeah, all right. I just want to say it was a big loss for the musician world. The music world, I'm sorry. As, as you are a fellow musician, yes. I
3: don't know if yes. anyone else saw it after he died. I thought I'd be cheeky, and I said, so does this mean that David Lee Roth and Sammy Hager are back in the band? And <laughs> the amount of yeah. people that came back at me like, dude, dude, too soon. How yeah. could you? And it's like, yeah, well, <laughs> He was well-known to be difficult to work with. Like they, yeah. Of course he's died, and now everyone's like beatifying him and making him into a saint. And it's like, I've, I've heard some stories. He wasn't that great a guy mm. or that he nice w- to some people. Yeah. So,
1: look, He was, he was married to Valerie, Valerie Bertinelli. Yep. Remember that? And oh, yeah. uh, he, not, not a lot of people know this, but before all this uh, fame, he was a concert pianist.
3: Yeah, I believe mean, it yeah, in that. yeah. I, be- I believe it because I mean, I know he played keyboards. Yeah, he played keyboards on Jump, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, which really was an amazing musician, virtuoso. He he created a whole new I mean... style of guitar playing. Yeah, you know, with the tapping exactly. and everything. No, he was, he was a genius. Yeah. But just because you're a genius doesn't necessarily mean that you're a yeah. nice person or a good person.
1: No, no. Mozart,
3: but Mozart
1: was a genius. He was a nut job. Yeah, so, a, lot
3: of, a lot of geniuses yeah. are tinted by yeah. madness and personality faults.
1: Yeah,
0: That is true. So moving on, <laughs> uh, from the 11 years in a pandemic department, James Cameron announced that <clears throat> we are 100% complete on Avatar Part 2 and sort of 95% complete complete um, on Avatar 3. We're very lucky that we choose New Zealand as our production site years ago. We made the very first film here, and it turns out to be ranking first or second best country in the world for its covert responses. We're able to operate, we're able to shoot, and more or less have a normal life here. We are very fortunate, so I don't see any roadblocks to us getting the picture finished. Getting both pictures finished, that is. Um, Avatar's uh, number two release date is for December sixteenth, 2022, and Avatar 3 is set for December twentieth, 2024, and part five, uh, part four is set for me in twenty twenty six, and part five is set for twenty twenty eight. So he is set to go of all these movies. First of all, I, didn't I realize wow. there was that. And you know, a he's a
4: classy movie. filmmaker.
0: How do you know he's a classy filmmaker?
4: Because he called it a picture and not a movie. My <laughs> picture, my film. <laughs> yes. That's how you know if someone's classy or not.
0: I I did not know that. <laughs>
3: yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. you don't That's watch he always calls it pictures
1: you don't watch Turner classic movie channel come on mark stop it <laughs> no i don't, they don't what you don't have on, on what TV. you don't yeah. have on that uh, list mark is in 2029 titanic 2 the sequel is coming out
0: <laughs> yeah they did make a titanic 2 uh, uh you should remember this charlie raise the titanic back when they made like the original movie yeah. the sequel
1: yeah, there's a I tweet out there
3: like they want to do a replica of the Titanic and have it sail,
0: yeah. yeah.
3: And Leo DiCaprio's like, No, <laughs> no, yeah. terrible idea. Yeah. I'm, of course, editing yeah. that for the radio, yeah. Well, uh,
1: the, bigger, the beginning the beginning of Titanic Titanic 2 starts with uh, t- starts with what's her name? What was it called? Kate Winslet, yeah. yeah. And she actually moves over on <laughs> that board to let Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio get up and lets be- him. <laughs> Yeah.
3: Oh man. I don't know how many people argue. There was room on there for both of them. <laughs> uh I think James Cameron's biggest problem is not going to be shooting or even finishing the movies. It's will there be any movie theaters around for him to bring these movies to? Because well, if he's doing the same thing as the as the first um one, it's obviously not going to be made for, you know, in home streaming.
0: Well, so then since you mentioned that, I can go – where is it? I'll go all the way down here to this bit of news because you mentioned it. So speaking of movies.
3: Oh, um, I'm so glad I was able to segue <laughs> for you.
0: From the Nothing to See, Nothing to Show department, Regal Theaters, the second largest theater chain in the United States, has announced that they will close all of its theaters in the United States and the UK for the foreseeable future and could be Holy closed God. until next year at the earliest. So that's like three months from now. Um, This announcement comes after Universal has pushed back yet again its latest James Bond film due to the What
1: did the executive say, Mark? Well, I'm glad you
0: asked. (laughs) NATO, which is the National Association of Theater Owners, says if we don't have any movies... We're, until we're fully vaccinated as a world, a lot of the theater companies are going to be gone, and the theaters themselves won't be there. So your infrastructure to play your movies and get grosses will not be the same. This idea of waiting out the pandemic to make your movies more profitable doesn't make sense to us. There won't be as much of an industry left to play your movies in if you do that. Um, the closure is expected to impact at least 5,500 5, employees in the United Kingdom and upwards of 28,000 employees in the United States.
3: Now's a great time to bring back Blockbuster.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. Having worked at Blockbuster, I don't understand why people think it was such a great place. It was not a great place.
3: Well, no, because you worked there. It wasn't a great place. for Everyone who <laughs> went there thought it was a great place.
1: I, it was and, a good place for me. I went in. I rented the tapes I want. I got out. Yeah. Mark just a good, had to stay there. <laughs> snacks that <laughs> were like, yeah. yeah. You're, you're
3: able to get snacks that were, you know, like movie theater snacks, you know, those kinds of things. And it was great. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time, even before the pandemic happened. I mean, I've been talking about this for years because I used to work, as you well know, at a movie theater and And a blockbuster and a blockbuster. Yes, sadly enough, Um, we we've discussed like they have to work around to get new content into theaters and the theaters themselves don't really care about the product. They care about people buying all the snacks and crap. So I don't see why they aren't trying to get more alternative content, especially now. Like, this is their opportunity to really change with the times and don't rely so heavily on the movie theater companies, which don't even like the movie theaters. I
3: don't. What else are you going to put in there, though? I don't know.
1: I don't know why um, they didn't. um, They have huge parking lots. I don't know why they just don't do what they're doing now. Put up, uh, you know, put up the blow up uh, big screens. Uh, some the of them drive-ins.
0: do. Some of them do, but some places, like in the city, I just can't. Um, Jen, what was what was your great idea to have a uh, to save the movie theater industry?
4: Um, the drug dealing situation and also a front for money laundering.
0: Yeah, that's They'll what they stand need
4: firm again. on. That one massage <laughs> power. people selling massages. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so all, see, hey, that's alternative all, content. <laughs> all the movies will have happy endings. Yes. Ah. Um. <laughs>
3: I mean, I mean alternate content worry about what like, I say on this show, Mark, you worry about what I say.
0: Well, it's 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 a this is this is toting the line, but we don't do politics and religion. So that's kind of where it goes. Um, we uh, alternate content like, you know, UFC fights, uh, whatever, like live streaming stuff they can do as opposed to just films. Or they can just really go forward with the independent stuff. There's just tons of independent people out there who love to get their film on a big screen. This is their chance.
3: Yeah, but most of these places are large chains and large chains do not work nimbly.
0: Yeah. They don't know, like huh?
3: pivot very well. So it's I'm sure there are independent theaters that are out there, very few of them, I'm sure, but that are left. But the ones that are independent are doing some of the hopefully not the massage parlor money laundering stuff. <laughs> not but that maybe so, yeah. they might be doing <laughs> like concert series in terms of streaming things or UFC fights, stuff like that. But then you still have the problem of the public. Do they want to go into a room, a large room with a lot of people? Even if you have them socially distanced, there's still going to be people there. So I don't think the movie theaters are going to be able to come back until all the theaters inside have been reconstructed. In a, to make it almost like little pods. All right. I see the time popping up. At- yes. Yeah.
0: So, OK, so let's see. So let's see. Uh, one last bit of news before we head out. Let me find something good. Um, well, speaking of movies, we'll, we'll stick with this one from the this is what you get for being first department. Uh, sure. Disney has just announced that their newest full-length feature, Mulan, is now available to buy digitally for $30 for anyone who wants it. If you remember last month, Disney only allowed those who had their streaming service to be able to rent the film for an additional $30 on top of whatever the service costs. If you waited till uh, December 4th, the film will be added to the library at no additional cost. However, if you decided to cancel your service, you also lost access to the film of note, iTunes and Google Play versions are move on a pack with extras, including documentaries of the film and deleted scenes. So this is really a case of they had to put it out there, you pay $30 extra, you see the movie, and now everybody else who doesn't have the streaming service can pay the same price and see it without any, ex- any, any ex- extra issues, and they get to keep it.
1: Aren't we the lucky no. ones?
3: Yeah. I mean, They're- I have Disney Plus, and I didn't
1: yeah, yeah Disney, Disney probably Disney probably lost ten dollars on this, and everybody panicked. People mm. were fired. People were jumping off buildings.
3: It's possible. And, Look, yeah. and when you're when you're a parent in quarantine, you'll pay any amount of money just to keep those kids quiet for yeah. a, a three more minutes. So,
0: but really, mm. like thirty dollars on top. Let's watch something else that's on the on the streaming service. It wasn't even geared towards little kids. So, like,
3: I, well, yeah, but you could make the argument that even at thirty dollars a pop it is way less expensive than if you were to go out as a family to go see the movie.
0: That is very, once again, we're going
1: a movie theater. I know exactly how much yeah. it costs. So yes. So uh, $30, $30 is just for the popcorn.
3: Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of parents that have been realizing this math. And this is also going to be a problem if, and when movie theaters come back because it's like, Oh, we lost Jen. Um, It's going to be like, Oh, I could buy it, stream it, for 20 bucks and the whole family can watch it and for five dollars make popcorn for everybody right or i can spend a 120 dollars and bring the entire family
1: or if you're going to go for the hundred and plus go on amazon get yourself a uh, dvd projector and make your own little movie theater in your house and have yeah. your family it's make never some been popcorn so inexpensive like, yeah, yeah it's never
0: been so inexpensive to make your own movie theater these days yeah, yeah. so um so that's it for the news um, so we're gonna have a quick uh, final thoughts before we take our break. So uh Jen, since you've been virtually quiet this uh, this episode, do you have a final thought for us?
4: Um, this is a great time to uh make your own movies. If you can't go to them, you can make your own at home and learn about filmmaking. Hmm,
3: that's very
0: positive. Uh Dominic, you have a final thought for us? Uh go support independent and small businesses.
1: Yes. All right.
0: Charlie, you wanna bring it home?
1: Yeah, uh, just let's everybody be nice to everybody. We're all allowed to have an opinion. It's America. And just be nice to people. Uh, We got to change our world. Let's erase the hate, man.
0: Oh, yeah. So we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with it Came from the
2: radio. Hi. You've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60-second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at Hotmail.com. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Boulder, And now, get ready for the X-Men event, Ten of Swords, from Marvel Comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 3 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, image, or independent comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-115 three three for all the details that's cosmic comics and games of baldwin thank you and stay safe now back to our show
4: hey this is jay bird and lee and we're here to talk about movies music tv and what's going on in our part of the world today we're going to talk about pumpkin picking
5: oh pumpkin picking very nice it is the season
4: yeah we went pumpkin picking today actually
5: we did, um, you know, which happens to be a Sunday, so, you know, by the time you listen to this, it, you know, won't be today anymore, but hey, yeah. you know, <laughs> pumpkin picking is uh, one of those things that we annually do.
4: Yep, every year.
5: Uh, yep, we do it on Long Island. We kind of do it as the, I would say it's not, I
4: would it's say not it's just p- pumpkin picking, like, there's also other vegetables where we go, and there's also sunflowers, I pick three sunflowers. They had bees all over them.
5: <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, but wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Let's back up a second okay. because here's the thing. We go pumpkin picking, but we don't clip them off a vine. We go to a field where somebody actually lays out the pumpkins and we just find them and pick the ones we want, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this time we actually went, and since it's during the COVID season...
4: We had we, to wear masks.
5: We had to wear masks, and they do offer a hay ride, which is one of those things that you do. Usually it's Like to a, get
4: to the pumpkin patch. Right,
5: it's a big uh, stack yeah. of hay on a big kind of... On a truck. On like. a truck, right, but this year they did it a little bit differently. There's they no... put,
4: like, plexiglass in between each family. It was hilarious.
5: Right. So they basically um, got rid of the hay part of it, and they replaced that with dividers, plexiglass dividers, <laughs> yeah. which you sit um, pretty much uh, on that, and uh, yeah, between each family there's uh, the divider. The plexiglass. There's plexiglass. Yeah, plexiglass, and you just go, you know? It was a little different,
6: <laughs> to say
5: the least. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, it was still fun. You had to wear a mask, of course, the whole time. Yeah. And uh, there were a lot of people who went, right?
4: There were a lot of people. I was not... Ex- so we got there with the second it opens, because usually it gets really busy. And when we got there, there was already a line. It was like 9.55, but there was a line already we just got there
5: well yeah i mean we opened we got there when i opened up so there is there was a line but there was a huge line when we were leaving
4: oh yeah that was crazy
5: right so that's uh you know we kind of got in and out on a um social distancing note where it worked out (laughs) but um yeah you're right so like also you can pick string beans and beets.
4: And sunflowers. They didn't do peppers this year. They also mm. do string beans.
5: Right, I said string beans. So, oh, you yeah, did. so we string beans. <laughs> yes, we like string beans. We bought a lot of those.
4: Oh, yeah, we got a lot. We get a lot every year. Um, uh, e- eggplant. Yeah. This year, my mom, while they were picking string beans, found a phone.
5: She found a cell phone in the string bean field.
4: Luckily, there wasn't a password, so... I opened it, went to the contact that said mom, and called it to see if the person would answer. so
5: you were a good citizen. You actually found the person who uh, the phone belonged to.
4: Yeah, and she didn't answer after a few times, so then I called a different emergency contact, Mm -hmm. and then the person picked up, and it was like this little boy, like they sounded little at least, and I'm like, hi, we found this person's phone in a string bean patch,
5: (laughs) That's so funny.
4: Yeah, and they were like so confused That first. They're like, "I was like, can you help contact the mom or the owner of the phone?" So the person helped contact him, and then we actually got in contact with the mom and gave back the phone.
5: Right. So you get back to the phone, and you were definitely a very nice person. You went <laughs> that extra um, level to to find it. Uh,
4: yeah. First, my know. mom was like, "Let's just." Put it at the main desk. I'm like, how are they even going to know it's gone?
5: Yeah, you know. But hey, you know what? You found it. uh, It worked out. And, um, you know, finding a phone in a pumpkin patch was very (laughs) nice. What else did we do over there? We Uh, also got
4: sunflowers that were swarming with bees. And it's like almost impossible to pick them. So dad had to take a key. And, and
5: slice yes, it. <laughs> had to cut the vine, yes, and that was interesting. But, you know, now you're going to use them for your room. Oh, you do have them for your yeah. room, so that's good.
4: They're in a vase facing the window. Awesome.
5: So would you do... Hopefully next year it'll be different. Yeah,
4: hopefully. <laughs>
5: hopefully we'll be back to normal. But th- we tried to keep a little normalcy going on in this uh, time. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty much the deal. So uh, we do recommend safety. Going pumpkin picking. <laughs> yeah, safety and <laughs> pumpkin picking. <laughs> 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 Anyway, all right.
4: all right. Bye. Stay safe, <laughs> stay healthy, and stay connected.
5: See you later. Bye.
4: Hey, guys. This is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy INC. K R I S T Y. Text me at 631 606 8166.
2: Now
0: back to our show. And welcome back to a came from reality official of D Breakable Khan. This is your host, Mark Torres speaking. With me, I have a special guest, none other than JD Caldron. Now, the first thing I actually have to say before you even say hi, you are the second JD I ever known, because the first mm-hmm. one was JD Roth. So do you have any connection to him? No. <laughs> none. Is that that's not where you got your name from? No, not at all. So you, no, were, you, were, you were before him?
6: Uh, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with him. So what, you I don't know J.D. Be? Roth? No, I don't know J.D. Roth. Am I supposed to? Uh, J.D. Roth, he was um, the
0: host of Funhouse back in the 90s. The TV show, was the kid's show, like
6: Double Dare, but it was Funhouse. That was the, the opposite. So that was him. See, here's the problem. I wasn't a kid in the 90s. So <laughs> <laughs> I missed that show. <laughs> Uh, and And just to let you know, you have to learn how to roll your r s property Escalderon. calderon, okay so you have to learn how to roll your rs property.
0: So. you know it's funny <laughs> because when um in the other segment, the news segment, I was saying that I'm actually probably the worst Hispanic guy out there, and I would lose what little I had if I didn't pronounce your name correctly, so because I didn't, I am no longer Puerto Rican. I just lost my Puerto Rican cred completely
6: uh don't 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 worry about it, man I mean. <laughs> You know, we'll bring you in. We'll get you some agropon con pollo, You'll be okay.
0: All right. So let's start off with the basics. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your entire comic book company uh, empire.
6: Oh, I wouldn't go that far. But my name is J.D. Calderon. I'm a writer and creator of the Oswald Chronicles and Tall Tales Online. I've been writing and producing comics since 91. A long time ago. So it's been a while. I started off early on. Uh, when there were a plethora of distributors, so there was thirteen distributors at the time, and at the time uh, an independent combo creator can make a decent living, just uh producing independent black and white books um zipping forward to the future, where we are now or modern day uh, i 'm working on currently the Oswald Chronicles, which is my main uh focus, but along with that is Tall tales, which is something I work with Daphne Lage, my wife, and that's pretty much it that's that's the basics if you want
0: so how is it being an independent publisher throughout the changing as you just mentioned the changing of how things were to how things are now how do you manage to to stay relevant
6: right it's interesting well we're independent publishers so none of us are relevant none we'll of <laughs> think you're relevant if you're an independent poet you're not relevant all right let's just let's you know let's not <laughs> pretend for a moment <laughs> You know, what we do, well, what I do is I, the, 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 items I create, I create for myself and I like to share those things with people. And I, and I just hope that my tastes can meet other people who have similar tastes and they will enjoy the things that I create. Uh, but the thing is to, to, to say what's different between back then and back and now things are a little easier now. Um, it's easier to raise money. Um, if you're good on social media, And if you have a a good crew around you and you have a good uh, networking um, ability to network, you you can actually do well for yourself on uh, Kickstarter and Indiegogo. So it's a little easier to raise funds. Also, the thing that's easier is we have in-demand or on-demand printing. So, you know, if I just wanted one or 10 or 50 copies of my comic, I can get that done. Whereas back in the day when I started, if you weren't printing 3,000 copies, you weren't printing. So that's, that's the big difference. So things are a little bit easier now, but things are still tough because, you know, there's a lot of competition, a lot of people out there, you know, everybody's reaching for that brass ring, you know, and you have a lot of people who, in my opinion, aren't really artists. You understand? And when I say artists, I mean, like a general term, they're not, they're not into this for the love of creation. They're into this because they want to get a Netflix deal. They want to make money. You understand? I'm like, I'm from New York City. And if you want to make money, you take it, you, you get your business license, you get your business degree and you walk down to Wall Street and you get a job at one of those big firms and you will, you will kill yourself 12, 16 hour days working like a dog, but you're going to make a hefty sum of money. And within two or three years, you could be a millionaire. It happens to plenty of dudes, but let me tell you, you burn out, uh, but it's doable but if you want to make money that's how you make money you understand you come into comics you want to make money it's doable as well but what you really want to do is create art anything less than that for me is like i don't even need to talk to you
0: so on the same lines of creating art and being part of having a good team that's something that i notice um a lot in, com- in a conventions well now there's no conventions but whenever you're at a table you have to be the salesman the creator, and everything in one shot. So do you find it easier being the ability to have all the your team in place as opposed to being it all on you?
6: Um, well, first of all, you, we've known each other for a while, Mark. Yeah. And we've been to conventions together. Yes. Have you ever caught me behind the table? <laughs> <laughs> Once.
0: One Once. time. One time. Well, I had you behind the table. That was um, – uh, the, the eternal con you were okay. there that was the one time we're usually excited. usually is daphne
6: <laughs> right daphne's my wife she's my my partner in crime. <laughs> and she she illustrates tall tales and she's fantastic and usually what happens is you know we set up the table i get i have the privilege of writing the stories and carrying the heavy boxes <laughs> and then she sets it up and then she sits there and she sells the stuff And, you know, sometimes it's just uh, it just works out best that way. You know, I I walk away. She makes money. I get to talk to the other people in the convention. I get to talk to the other creators, which is something I really enjoy. And, uh, yeah, that's what I usually do. But, yes, when back in the day when we had there were a lot of us at one point when it was a Golden Realm Unlimited, that was my original publishing company. There was eight or nine of us, you know, at some shows. (laughs) So um it was weird and it was fun though but i mean yeah having us all there as a group really worked i mean because there were some real you know I, I worked with some real characters and they could sell books and they, they can sell a lot of books so yeah it, it was actually cool having a, a, a nice big crew
0: so you actually um as i mentioned with the art and i did mention this before um we started recording you had another art passion sort of before you went into comics so I thought that was very interesting. So just briefly mention your filmmaking career.
6: <laughs> the, the filmmaking career is very, very, very <laughs> tiny, <laughs> um, and it wasn't actually. It wasn't before comics. The comics came first. It just happened that that it happened in the middle, somewhere in the center. Um, I, I went to film school and I had a, had a very had a, had a good time there. I uh, met some interesting cats. Um, did a few films, very short. You know, did a couple of short films. Did an interview. A couple of short films and they were cool. The only thing that it taught me was it taught me two things. It taught me one focus on my writing. And it taught me that as much fun as I had creating a film, it's a lot of work. And financially, it is monstrous. To to do things correctly, you need to have some deep, deep pockets. I made a 10-minute film and I spent a thousand dollars (laughs) easily. You know, easy. You know, just buying little props and li- little things for 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 the actors and things, and you know, just just getting costumes and stuff, just little stuff like that. I, I had a, I had a classmate of mine. I know he spent at least three thousand on his. Oof, yeah, <laughs> and he's like ten minute films, it was like nothing. You know, you you're talking about you yeah. know going out there and trying to like do um you know ninety minute production, <laughs> man. You know, I mean. <laughs> The fact that any film gets done, it it just amazes me sometimes because you just like, you know, you sit there and you're like, oh, this thing was garbage and blah, blah, blah. This was not a good film, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I forgot. I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name, but um, he said, basically, he's an actor and he's a comedian. And he said, look, nobody sets out to make a bad movie. You understand? And that's nobody's (laughs) intent. They They don't set out to make a bad movie. It just happens you know uh you have a bunch of hands in the pot and you and it's very very difficult it's it's um it's it's frankenstein art if anything you know way more than comics comics you have a writer you have an artist maybe an anchor maybe a colorist you know sometimes you have one guy who does everything as far as the artwork, but you know sometimes you have one person who does everything but with a film you're always gonna have multiple people you just there's no way i mean yeah, I'm sure there's some some dude who did his film all on his own. But, you know, I mean, it's probably not worth watching, <laughs> you know, or it took him 10 years to do it, you know. Well, that's we played uh, all the
0: That's an interesting comparison. So now, since it was in the middle of your comic book career, mm-hmm. did you find to have a better appreciation for the comic book art and how that is put together? Because some people can't even do that.
6: Um. Now, when you say do that, or like put together a comic. Put together a
0: comic, yeah. Like some people can't, can't even put together a comic. It's, it's not as easy as you think.
6: Well, yeah. I mean, I've been doing it a long time, so it gets easier as you go. Um, the most difficult thing, yeah, it definitely made me appreciate comics because it's a much smaller uh, project in comparison, and it's easier to control because it's just you or myself as a writer and the artist. You know, everything else, you know, fall into place. You know, with colorists. I do my own lettering, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, you you definitely, I, I definitely did appreciate it more.
0: So let's get the, uh, the basics on what is Tall Tales and what is uh, the Oswald Chronicles about.
6: <laughs> now, uh, Tall Tales is a fantasy story set in, a, think of if Lord of the Rings uh, met Disney. Uh, and specifically uh, Robin Hood. Okay. Right. But originally that was the original genesis of it. When I, when I was like, I don't know, 17 years old. Uh, As I've grown up, as I've grown older and matured some, you know, the the story (laughs) is taken, it's it's changed. It's become a little bit more serious. It still has its lighthearted moments. It started off as a very lighthearted series. And, and, but you can see if uh, we actually have an omnibus that Daphne and I put together, it's, all 20 issues in one book, 560 pages done over the course of 20 years. And if you look in that book, you will see the growth of two people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> myself and my wife as, as artists, as creators. You know, you, you'll see like her from the very beginning, you'll, you, you'll see her, her artwork and you'll see it mature. And in some ways, you know, you'll just see hopefully my work do the same, you know, or maybe I just devolve, I don't know. <laughs> um now the Oswald Chronicles is a little different. That story came about um sometime in the early 90s. I was working professionally as a writer, uh, f- uh, doing comic books. And I did some adult material, I did something called Tenchi Muyu, and I did something called Phantom Quest Core for a company called P Anime. Now, when I while I was writing those, um well, <sighs> what happened is you know, I, I was contracted to write Six issue limited series. So my idea is, okay, I'm gonna get through this as quickly as I can. So I write the first issue, give it off to the artist. Oh, uh, you know, goes off to the editorial, they approve it, it gets given off to the artist, and I'm like, okay, so he's working on that. And in the span of him working on that one issue, I think I got all the six issues. I got all five, the other five issues done. Wow. So um, you know, I was I was just you know burning through the scripts sending them off to editorial, and they would pay me. um, But I would have a lot of dead time once I was done with everything, and I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? So I came up with the Observal Chronicles. um, And basically, the story is about a mouse who is destined to become the greatest sorcerer of our time. And through this destiny, he in the story, we find out who he is and how he becomes this great sorcerer. And he lives in Midtown Manhattan. And he lives on a mall, and he lives with a fairy and a troll, who are his guardians. And it's all these crazy, wacky adventures that uh, come after that.
0: So why is it, well, I can say, at least with the uh, Oswald Chronicles, there are humans in it, but it's mostly centered around the animals. But Mm -hmm. Tall Tales, is all anthropomorphic Right. right characters like was that a conscious decision? like this is what i'm gonna do it's got to be anthropomorphic all the way did you yeah. ever want to do humans how was that playing out
6: yeah well no no with, with with that one i think um with the thing with anthropomorphism anthropomorphism yeah i was trying to gave up <laughs> and the thing with uh oswald right um the thing is is you know being hispanic and growing up hispanic my automatic default um for a character was always Anglo, okay okay and it was a little strange to me that that was the case so by using anthropomorphic characters the idea is, is that we can imagine ourselves as those creatures and not it be some anglophile looking thing so so if you're african-american or if you're hispanic or you're some little indian kid or you're some little chinese kid or whatever you understand no matter where you're from, you you can you can see yourself in that role. You understand? You can see yourself as Ravenwood, you can see yourself as Gabriel, you can see yourself as Pandora, you can see yourself as Clit. You understand? Without ever having, you know, looking at a very specific character and a specific uh, I guess, race. Mm. You understand? In, I in so. that thing. Yeah, it, it's funny. It took me a long time to suss that out as a, as a, as an adult it was like why did i do this like this and that's the actual reason is that you know we can take ourselves and growing up you know i love thor i love captain america you understand but that's never going to be me right you understand i was like no matter you know I was, that's never going to be me that's not going to be my family you understand whereas you know you can look at you know something like gabriel or, or any of these other characters and you know <laughs> we're, we're never going to be foxes or we're never going to be uh, pandas right. uh, swinging around axes and things. So <laughs> I, I found it a little bit easier to get into that role. And it's similar with Oswald. You understand? Oswald is, is you know, this this mouse. And the thing is, is he is the only sentient animal. Mouse, right. Well, not just mouse, animal on the planet. Okay? So he has fairies of all different kinds, right? And you have humans, because he lives in the middle of New York City. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it focuses on this Miles character and the things he's dealing with. Hmm. You know, and, and the things uh, that, that he's trying to go through to to discover his destiny and what his destiny is.
0: Oh, all right. So let's see. We almost out of time. So we got to hit the social media stuff. So where can people find out more about the book, more about your stuff, and uh, any, any projects that are coming up? All that fun stuff right now.
6: All right. So uh you can go to the oswald chronicles.com you can find me on facebook under jd calderon you can find me on youtube where i have my own channel where i interview independent creators i've also interviewed mark torres so if you actually want to see his face you can see him there <laughs> all right under jd calderon i was a big
0: circle back then <laughs>
6: <laughs> were you yeah, because no. I couldn't
0: because I couldn't figure out how to do the camera because I use the camera is too close to my mouth. So yeah, it was a circle. Oh
6: damn it! Oh, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> you gotta go to my Facebook be-
0: page. to See my picture.
6: <laughs> All right, there you go. We're gonna have to fix that at some point. You know, no more circles for this guy. <laughs> you gotta see his face. Um, uh, where else? Can you see me at Twitter? JD Calderon, and that's pretty much it. Um, oh yeah, and as far as uh, uh I have no running campaigns at the moment, but you can see I do have. Uh, an in-demand store in Indiegogo for the Oswald Chronicles so you can go check that out there and pick up some books if you like Um, and we also have pdfs available so if you're you're into digital you can pick up as much digital as you want
0: Um, one of the things I also wanted to mention is that the books sometimes are just books with slight illustration as opposed to just full comics was that also something else you had planned in advance
6: well when I originally started the series it was prose Oh. So, yeah, it was it was prose. And then later on, I, I met Jade Gonzalez. She's the main series uh, illustrator. She's incredible. She's out of Chile. And I met her online and we just started working with one another. And that's when most of now most of us gearing towards comic books. I have written a few more prose stories, but I usually write them more to keep uh, keep the rust off, you know, in that area. I just like writing prose. I just don't do it as as much or as often as I should.
0: Now, we did mention that if you want to make money, getting your IP out there, and that's what mm-hmm. a lot of people are invested in. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you would be interested in if, like, somebody said, hey, here's some money, we want to make an animated series? Or do you just want to stay true to yourself and have it your own way?
6: Well, the thing is, is like, you know, it's like any contract, right? You got to just negotiate it. You know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, Mike Mignola from Hellboy. They were able to negotiate contracts where you can say, yeah, go ahead, make your cartoon, do whatever you want to do with it and still maintain the integrity of their work and still create the books they wanted to create. So I would be more than happy to let anyone, you know, do whatever as long as I get to create the books I want to create. So you can have both.
0: Best of all,
6: that is an actual good idea. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, so let's see. We have about four minutes left, so let's let's go with the um, the thing out there that all these listeners want to know. They want to make their own book, they want to be in it to make comics. What is the one piece of advice that you learned all these years? Like, you know what? if I would have known that, <laughs> this would have been so much easier.,
6: mm. pick your partners carefully. If you're a writer, choose your artist very carefully. Uh, write your scripts. And do short ones, three pages, four pages, eight pages, very short stories. And, you know, when you're going to commission an artist, commission them and see how they work. See see how professional they are. A a person who's serious, they will deliver on time and they will deliver quality work and they will take instruction. Okay. There may be some pushback, but it's uh, someone who's a pro, you won't get a lot of it. They'll just do what you ask. Um, and they will usually deliver something that's better than what you imagined. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, if you, you if you can you know get that get that together, that's uh, that's usually for me the, the best thing. Oh. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Now you said uh, you've been doing this for almost twenty years, right? Thirty. Almost thirty years. <laughs>
6: exactly. Um,
0: do you have an ending? for your story because it is one character all the way through yes and is it already written or is it just in the back of your mind like okay when i get to that point i'm ready to end it
6: i'm working on it i'm working on it it, the uh the oswald chronicles has um he has three portions of his life he has his first life which is on the mall he has a second life which he lives in dream and he has his third life which is when he's resurrected and i'm currently working on his third life which will be the end of the uh the whole thing uh, Tall Tales is similar. There's three arcs. The first arc is that 20, 20, volume, uh, 20 issues in one volume. The second volume that we're working on currently, issue five, just came out. Daphne's working on issue six. That's going to be eight issues to that second arc. And then the third arc is something I've yet to work on, but I've been planning it. I'm looking at about 12 issues for that, and that'll be the third and final arc on that in that one.
0: Is there going to be a crossover? No. And why not? Because everything's about crossovers now. <laughs>
6: no it's just it's just not uh the, the the two worlds just don't align they just don't align at all <laughs> you know one is one is a genuine fantasy whereas the other one is i don't want to say grounded in reality because it's definitely a fantasy <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it's grounded in new york city right you know what i mean and also uh, like the uh the characters from tall tales are human size you know if you were have encountered one they would be human size they were right. five foot whatever or six foot whatever right uh, whereas oswald is actually a mouse he's only two or three inches high <laughs> so you know it would be a little uh, weird you know so
0: realistically they could have already crossed over and you wouldn't have even known it you wouldn't even know it.
6: exactly <laughs> exactly
0: all right yeah. so we're almost out of time so um final thought do you have any final thoughts out that you want to share with all our listeners or people who are going to be reading your comic
6: yeah um you know Look, I mean, if you're a creator, create, create from your heart. If you're a reader, you know, read and enjoy and support those people you really enjoy. That's the only thing I can, can really uh, impart to anyone. You know, uh, just enjoy the work. And that's pretty much it. And thank you.
0: So my final thought is this. I've known you for almost... Uh, jesus almost 100 years i feel like right. it's 100 years mm-hmm. i've read a couple of uh, the books i've read um, you had the anthology where it had like the three different stories i read that mm-hmm. one um i read uh, the one with the kidnapped the little little kid i read that one
6: right
0: and they're all good that's Thank that's you. the thing like they're really good stuff so i wish you much continued success but on the same level i wish to you to reach that next level mm-hmm. of success I want to see the merchandise. I want to see the cartoon. I want to see the, you know, the multi billion dollar thing that you are satisfied with. Cause the one thing I don't want to happen is that you would, you make that level and then you're like, well, this is some crap. Why did I do this for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
6: Yeah. No, no, of course, of course. Of course.
0: So that's, that's my final thought on this. So thank you very much. Um, make that's sure crazy. you guys go check out um, his uh, book. And when you have, Your next Kickstarter, come back, and we'll have you on again.
6: All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you, Mark. All right. Thank you so much. Go check out the
2: books. We'll be right back with it. It came from the radio. now back to our show hi everyone
3: this is pronto comic zone dominic spirano and it is once again time for my comic book pick of the week hey everybody once again we have had a packed show so it's time just to Cut the malarkey and get straight into the review, the pick of the week. This week's pick of the week is The Strange Talent of Luther Strode. I pick this for several reasons. Uh, number one, it is the ninth anniversary of its original release. Number two, it is action and horror, i.e., It's Halloween time, so I figured something that's a little on the gory, slasher, horrific side will hit everyone right where they need to in this um, bizarre world and time that we're living in. And number three, it's just an enjoyable book if you really like um, slasher action kind of stuff. So, as always, what does the internet say about this book? Well, according to Wikipedia... The Strange Talent of Luther Strode is an American comic book published by Image Comics, written by Justin Jordan, and with the art by Trad Moore, and colors by Felipe Sobriero. It debuted in October 2011, and it features historical horror, pop culture, and Judeo-Christian references. As for the premise, Luther Strode, a skinny teenager, lives with his mother after orders Uh, After orders a Charles Atlas analog, the Hercules method, which gives him enhanced physical abilities. The creators intended the story as a slasher movie combined with the premise of Spider-Man that's why we use the Spider-Man animated theme music this week if Peter Parker had not had the moral anchor of his Uncle Ben. And let's face it, when we're talking about Spider-Man it's all about Uncle Ben and what set him up psychologically to be a hero. According to Image Comics, where you can buy the book, Luther Strode is just an average geek until he sends for an exercise course, that would be the Hercules method, from the back of an old comic book. What he gets is the instruction manual for a murder cult as old as mankind that does everything that it promised and more. Collects the... Strange Talent of Luther Strode, issues one through six. Now, if you end up liking this book, there's also The Legend of Luther Strode and then the finishing of the trilogy, The Legacy of Luther Strode. So it's a pretty damn good book in of itself. And as I've often said, it doesn't get much more independent than Image Comics. And the the picks of the week are always independent comic books. As for me, what it says on the back here. Two amazingly glaringly good reviews. A gloriously blood-drenched riff on Charles Atlas, Vigilante Justice, and The Cruel Price of Power. One of the most buzzed-about comics of the year. That's from Blair Butler, Hart, G4TV's attack of the show. And a chest-burster, emerging bloody, scarlet, and superheroic from the corpse of a coming-of-age story. Entirely horrible in a good way. That's from Kirian Gillen, who uh, wrote Phonogram and Uncanny X-Men. So you can see it perfectly fits in with this time of the year. The art, in my opinion, is beautiful to look at. It's kind of inspired by John Remeter Jr. Um, also has sort of a similar look to Chew, which I've talked about and recommended in the past. So, and for me, art is a big thing with a book because you can have a great story and it can be killed by just bad, lackluster art. And the fact that this is a good story, a really good story, and the art is clean and looks good, and it moves the story along very well, that's really important, too. I remember reading this back when it came out in 2011, and I just powered right through the first graphic novel. Thoroughly enjoyable. Couldn't get enough. Had a fin- I think I finished it in one sitting. Um, really quite a good book. So that is this week's Pick of the Week the strange talent of luther strode check it out you can get it on amazon as you can get everything on amazon uh you can always go to imagecomics.com you can get it on comicsology but it's a well known book so if you can go to like a independent comic book shop and order it from there everyone could use the business these days so i hope you enjoy Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember, you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at Fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out ProntoComics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember...
1: Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the
2: many outweigh the needs of the few or the one.
3: So be safe and be healthy. Take care.
2: Now, back to our show.
0: So that about does it for this week on A Came From The Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, then
6: you can thank your lucky
0: stars for not losing an
4: hour of your life.
0: Go to www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to your archives. which will be up in a week or so. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a YouTube page. Also, check us out on btdradio.com. And we'll see you next week. And remember, if you're not laughing, you're not living.